Hey, this is Edgar. And this is Stanley. And this is Olivia. Hey, Olivia, you're back. <laughs> Where did you back. come from? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is awesome. Who Olivia. is this foreign female <laughs> voice? I know. I know, you've been gone. Um, quick shout out to uh, Philip, who helped us fill in for Olivia two episodes Thank ago. Thank you, Philip. That was yeah. awesome. You're uh, cool. Please be my friend. <laughs> All righty. So, Olivia, t- where have you been? Where in the world have you been? I've been romping throughout Southeast Asia. So, I went to Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, and Hong Kong. Oh, awesome. In the span of two and a half weeks. <laughs> Ooh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Did you try a lot of food there? Oh, my God. I ate so much food. It was balanced out by the fact that I was walking everywhere, uh-huh. so that helped. Walking up a lot of mountains, um, but oh my gosh, so much food! All right, uh-huh. tell me, All of the food. tell me. Okay, so before we get into the depressing news of the day, um, tell me what was the one like? What was the one cool thing you did overseas? Oh man, what was your favorite cool thing? thing? Um, man, if I had to pick a favorite. Everything was so cool, mm-hmm. but my favorite thing was probably northern Vietnam. Um, we got to do a 15-kilometer trek in Sapa, which is this really beautiful, like, valley region, and oh mm-hmm. my gosh, it was so pretty. Awesome. Yeah, that was probably my favorite <laughs> thing. I, I, I want you to know that I hate you with the passion of a thousand suns. I hope you know that. <laughs> a thousand suns. <laughs> Okay, so while you were out gallivanting and and doing all these amazing things, we were back home crying and suffering the post-election results. Um, See, I was lamenting overseas. That's true. I had like a (laughs) Trump-sized cloud hanging over me. So tell me about that. How was it? You're you're an American citizen. You're across the sea, and you see that America, while you're gone... While you're not watching us, America goes ahead and elects Donald J. Trump as our president. I mean, I perform my civic duty and I voted and I encouraged other people to vote. Like, thankfully, Texas has early voting, so Mm -hmm. I didn't miss out and I got to go vote. Um, But it was weird because the entire time I was overseas, I had a Trump-sized cloud hanging over my head Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of the other Americans I met felt the same exact way. <laughs> yeah. um, thankfully, a lot of people you see traveling overseas and like having, you know, these kinds of experiences. World experiences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Being just generally being worldly people. Uh-huh. Um, Glo- global people. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they tended to be Hillary supporters, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, So there was a lot of like, oh, God, what's happening? Um, There was also a lot of like, oh, it's fine. Hillary's going to win. And I was like, "Um, you shouldn't be sure because America's weird. Yeah. So let me so let me ask you this. Um, A lot of people here in the States, um, I'd say the majority of them were quite surprised by the results of the election. Um, I'd say even Donald Trump's own 
uh, campaign was surprised by the results of the I election. I think Donald Trump was surprised yes, by the results no of the election. Ex- no one was expecting this to happen. And there's been a lot of talk about why it happened and how it happened. Of course, now we know Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but she lost the uh, vote up in the Rust Belt, which was, uh, you know, proved deadly for her campaign and her uh, attempt to be president. Um so I guess what I, what I'm asking is, were you seem like you weren't surprised at all? Was anyone out there, out in the world, surprised by this? I mean, did did the countries you visit were there was there an air of, oh, Trump's Trump might win, or were they like sure Clinton had it in the bag? I mean, it's weird because the only time I ever met Americans was in Vietnam, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and I was in Vietnam before the election happened, and so when I met the Americans, all of us were kind of tense, but I feel like everyone was just kind of like, yeah, Hillary's going to win. And I was like, Oh, don't like, <laughs> don't be so sure. Don't be so sure. <laughs> because this is America and we have a tendency to just like fuck everything up. <laughs> okay. How, how did the locals react? From- well, I know. So, in that part of the world, there were also a lot of Europeans. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know the focus didn't tend to be on like American politics, even when people found out we were Americans. Uh-huh. Um, but the after the election, the next day, um, we were in Cambodia at the time, and our tour guide um, commented on the fact that Trump was our new president. And both me and my mom were just like, we don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, so people were aware of it, but it wasn't as big as a phenomenon. Say when Obama became president, it was like a huge worldwide thing, but this case, it didn't seem like it. Yeah. I, I feel like this has bigger global implications. Right. Um, but it was just one of those things where kind of, at least, I think because I was reeling from it the mm-hmm. entire rest of the like the entire rest of the trip, I was just like, "Okay, yes, I'm having fun, but also, oh my god, I'm so stressed." I know. Um, I, feel, <laughs> I feel bad for you. Like you, you go on this amazing trip, and then literally the worst happens over. Like back I mean, home. it's okay. Yeah. I like that's just the type of I'm just like an anxiety ridden person. Uh-huh. I was just stressed the entire trip. Um, I was really worried about coming in after the election had happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, especially with all of the hate crimes and things going on. Um, right. I am a visible, my mi- yeah, I'm a visible minority who goes to mosque fairly often now that I live in Houston. Uh-huh. So with my family. So that was a little bit like, Oh dear. Oh no. <laughs> well, okay. This might get bad. So let's talk about that. So after the election, um, there was a sort of a rise in, um, hate crime. Actually, uh, between uh, November 9th to the 16th, there was a 7% increase in hate crimes. Mm-hmm. And overall, from 2016 to, or 2015 to 2016, it looks like we had a 67% increase in hate crime. So this is actually something that's going on that we have proof. We have we literally have numbers that hate yeah, crimes are happening. Yeah, there's statistical data. Right. But apparently that doesn't matter much right and and so i've so i work in a job where i uh have to deal with a lot of these situations so i actually you know the day after the election there was a situation in my job where i had to deal with harassment due to the election which is 
Um, I didn't, I, I sort of knew it would happen, but I didn't think it would. And it sort of kind of shook me. I was like, oh, like people are going to be harassed. Like people are going to be, the, the election of Donald Trump is going to sort of uh, um, empower some people to do things that they normally wouldn't do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and see, that's the thing. I think because I grew up post nine eleven, mm-hmm. um, I was a little bit more aware of how things were going to shake out. Right. Um, not saying that this is like this is the equivalent of a massive terror attack. It is not. It isn't. Yeah. Um, no. But in terms of like the way kind of racist people, racist white people have reacted, mm-hmm. um, there's a. There's a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. It's it's a sad thing in our country. I mean, some of these. I'm reading. I'm reading through some of these messages that were left. Um, they're pretty fucking depressing. There's a lot of uh, hail Trump, a lot of swastikas with "Go Trump" under them. Um, there in uh, Dur- in Durham, North Carolina, there was one that said, "Black lives don't matter, and neither do your votes." which was uh, particularly unsettling. Um, I don't know. It's it, it, it sort of, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to be like, I told you so to, you know, a lot of people out there who didn't believe this thing, this sort of thing could happen. But at the same time, I'm like, what do you expect? You literally elected a person who fanned the flames for this kind of behavior. So, um, I mean, I'm not happy that it's happening, but also at the same time, I'm like, you know, this, we need to address this. We can't just ignore and sweep it under the rug, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the sort of thing I expected, Mm -hmm. um, if Trump were to get elected. And so there's definitely, I think, at least amongst visible minorities that we kind of have to work through our world more cautiously now than we did before. I don't know if we remember if we talked about it last week, but it proves like how much of a bubble that we're living in, right? In our communities, you know, and how much the other people are living in their own bubble, and right? There's probably like more of them. That's why, right? And that's that's also something I, I sort of want to touch on uh, for this little discussion of post-election, which is, um, you know, the idea that. Uh, why didn't we see this coming? And it's because we're in our echo chambers. We're in our little liberal echo chamber, yeah. you know, where we just talk to the same people. Who we, agree, like, what, have who the same agree, opinions. Right, have us. the same opinions. We agree with each other. We say this and that. And there's a lot of people who have come out. Uh, John Stewart uh, came out and talked about sort of that forgotten voice that sort of we didn't listen to because of our echo chamber. Yeah. Um and that's uh, that's particularly interesting to me because um, I definitely feel it because in the place I work, there's also um, it's a community away from Austin, Texas, which is that echo chamber. So I see their you know what they feel and their concerns. Um, I don't necessarily agree with their politics, but I can sort of see where they're coming from. And it's um, I don't know that's something that uh, you know us as liberal people and and the liberal media and uh, liberal politicians are going to have to come to grips with. Like, yeah. how do we reach out to those people? And, uh, Who are living, know. like, in the outside mm-hmm. the cities, you know? Right. It's it's going to be tough, and hopefully we can do it and we can change their minds because um, things, are gonna, things are about to change. Um, 
And with that, let's talk about the Trump video. He just released uh, uh, his first public um, address uh, for the nation, really, after being elected president. Um, He has not done a press conference. I want to mention that since being elected president. Um, He is the first president. He's been, like, relatively out of the public eye. Right. He's He's been trying to keep... Except a for semi Twitter. low profile, yeah, except, except for Twitter, for Twitter. <laughs> except for Twitter, uh, which we're gonna get into too. Uh, but okay, so let's talk about this video, and that's sort of gonna branch out into a lot of little mini Trump conversations that we can have. Um, so, Olivia, you just saw it, um, and you're talking about how this is a lot of the stuff that he plans to do in his hundred days. So, I'm gonna let you sort of lead this off. I mean, so Trump released his first hundred day plan. Mm-hmm. Um, He released it in October. Right. So a lot of the stuff, it echoes kind of stuff he said in the campaign and also the plan he released for the first 100 days. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of plans to use executive orders, et cetera, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. I'll just go through point by point on kind of what he said in the video. Um, So his first point was to withdraw from the Trans-Pacific Partnership Mm -hmm. and instead make more bilateral trade, mm -hmm, make more bilateral trade agreements. Um, his second point was he wanted to cancel restrictions on American energy, including clean coal, um, which side note, clean coal doesn't exist. Um, coal <laughs> yeah. is coal. Side note, <laughs> side note, yeah. Like you're still burning coal. Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, another big thing he pointed out, um, during the campaign was for every one regulation he puts in place, two uh-huh. regulations are, <laughs> he's going to nix. Which was kind of um, hilarious the way he delivered that. Yeah, it sounded like a, a so, card from a board game or something. Yeah, like flux I, or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like this isn't this isn't board game rules. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. Okay. Yeah. Um, the next point was he wanted to protect our infrastructure from cyber attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, I don't know how he's going to do that when he clearly doesn't know. What the internet is. (laughs) Yes, he has his emails printed. Uh Okay. Um, He wants to investigate all visa abuses, particularly when it comes to um, American labor and workforce, so mostly labor visa abuses. So this is really an interesting point because he's backtracked on his plan to deport all undocumented immigrants. Right. 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 Um, no, go He's ahead. like, okay, we're only, we're only gonna we're only gonna do the we're only gonna deport the criminals. That's all. Yeah. Um, right. So, I think this is another part of um, him saying, like, all right, there's no possible way for us to round up this many people exactly. and just ship them out. Right. So let's have a little bit more laser focus on like who exactly. Right. Um, we want to target here. No. It's still super problematic because, right. like, they do a lot of the labor very cheaply mm-hmm. here in the States that a lot of us rely on. So your prices for produce are going to go up. Your price, your prices for everything, basically. Right. Well, and, and so... Just as, like, kind of a ripple effect. Right. And, and a lot of these things he's proposing would have sort of ripple effects. Uh, one quick thing... Um, uh, very absent from this video, and I, I was I was reading Twitter, and a lot of people were commenting. Is he has no mention of the wall? Um, yep. 
So this is the Trump that, uh, you know, a lot of people were predicting, which was the Trump who would become more centrist, who would um, sort of uh, abandon a lot of his radical um, statements from the campaign trail Mm -hmm. to sort of reach more Americans. And even at the end of his video, you know, he says he wants to make America great for all Americans. And he means everyone. I mean, those were his words. Um, Yeah. That... That's very interesting to me because at the same time, he has someone like Steve Bannon, uh, CEO Breitbart, who is literally his uh, lead uh, strategist. Um, Which, if you haven't called your representative um, to ask them if they've denounced the um, appointment of Steve Bannon, you totally should do that. Yes. Please. Well, apparently a lot of people have been and there's a, a, the phones have been down in a lot of uh, representative offices, which is pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean, that it, is great. Keep calling your yes, representatives about lots of things. Yeah, it's definitely alarming because he is a white nationalist. And it's kind of crazy that, you know, we have a white nationalist who it has the ear of our commander in chief. Like that is very, very worrisome. So at the same. So while he's do, releasing these videos where he's trying to be very middle and very um which he, this video ne- isn't necessarily that middle, but he's trying to connect to a lot of Americans. You know, you can't forget that at the same time, you know, he's, you know, thinking of having Rudy Giuliani on his cabinet. Like he's doing these things, but also at the same time, his cabinet's something to worry about. Yeah. Definitely. It's centrist when you're, con- you consider the current climate of the GOP. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Like, like, am I, it's not really centrist, but no. also, like, if we're looking at the Republican Party as it stands today, then, yeah, it looks pretty middle ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, the last thing he says in the video is he wants a five-year ban on executive officials mm-hmm. um, lobbying after they leave the administration mm-hmm. and a lifetime ban on lobbying for other countries. So his effort to, quote unquote, drain the swamp. Right. Which is uh, kind of hilarious because literally and you can see like you re- you hear something like that. And if you had no idea who Donald Trump was and you're just hearing that, you're like, yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. But at the same time, Donald Trump literally is the swamp. Like Donald Trump is a corrupt figure and he's working with people who are entrenched in politics and who are the who I would consider the swamp someone like Mitch McConnell or someone like Paul Ryan uh, yeah I mean <laughs> so as <laughs> troubling as the appointment of Steve Bannon is right you have to realize that everyone else he's considering for any other cabinet position are all like seasoned politicians yep. mm-hmm. and like basically everyone he said that he was going to kick out of Washington yeah, it's so, point, yeah. Right. It's just, it's it's very problematic. They, yeah, there's a lot of backpedaling on a lot of promises <laughs> that won him votes. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. Okay, so this video comes out. I mean, how do you feel? Are you, you know, are you just still cautiously waiting to see what he really is going to do yeah. these first 100 days? Or are you in, like, full panic mode? Are you like, okay, fuck, like, this is bad. I mean, I think it's just a reminder because I feel like this is kind of the point where people are like trying to get back to their normal lives. We're kind of settling down from the reeling about like, oh, God, Trump is our president. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think the 
the video's release is good timing just to kind of drop a little reminder. It's like, we still got to organize. We still got to, you know, make sure that we have a plan for when he gets into office to make sure his time in office is not easy. Right. Right? Because everyone's like, well, we'll wait and see, and we want him to be a successful president. It's like, if these are the policies he (laughs) wants to implement, I don't want him to be successful. Mm -hmm. I want to be organized, and I want to, you know, be active in our political system. Are you willing to give him a chance? No. (laughs) Okay. No, fair I mean, fair enough. I mean, there's this there's this like thing in popular culture right now where people are like, "Hey, give him a chance. Like stop freaking out. Give him a chance." But I feel like a lot of people who are telling us that are coming from a place of privilege where they are they can say something like that. But for a lot yeah, of us, I can, it's, exactly. we can't. We literally cannot. Like I know for me, I can only go off of what he said during the campaign and during the election. Mm-hmm. So For me, there is no giving him a chance. For me, there's organizing at every single step of the way, like closely monitoring policy, basically giving up any free time I have to follow politics Mm -hmm. and figure out ways to fight against things like a Muslim registry, which is something he suggested, Mm -hmm. or fight against deportation, which is obviously something he's heavily suggested. Right. to fight for no dapple up in um, up. Uh, gosh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's okay. P- point is, we, you know, we point <laughs> is just doing these things and organizing every step of the way. Because mm-hmm. I can only go. I can only do things based off what he said in the campaign trail and the moves he's making. Like, he might seem more centrist and more presidential now, but even the stuff he said in this video is troubling. Right. Well, and also, he seems centrist and presidential, but in a controlled setting, which cannot, like, we we can't stop noticing that because he has refused to do a press conference. His relationship with the press is not ideal for someone who is president. So that's definitely Yeah, Donald Trump is not normal. No. And I feel like this is like Donald Trump is not normal. It's not nothing he's doing right now is normal. No. There's a lawsuit out against him. Right. No, and we should talk like, about that. So yeah. so real quick, um, and I wanna I wanna get back to the whole idea of normalizing Donald Trump, because that's definitely a narrative that's going through our country right now. But before we get to that, Donald Trump just settled uh the Trump U lawsuit for twenty-five million dollars. Um this is a uh, very uh, so pr- pretty much what we have here is a president uh, a president elect literally settling a fraud case. Um, that is, I mean, I can't believe we live in that world, but that is literally what happened. And not only that, uh, he went on and uh, he tweeted two things. I have them written down. Um, so here we go. Uh, I settled the Trump University lawsuit for a small fraction of. Uh, here we go. Of the potential award, because as president, I have to focus on our country. <laughs> so he literally said, I, <laughs> I settled because I'm too busy being president. Yeah. Um, and then he goes, I mean, that's just like a total Trump thing to say. It is. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, then he goes on to say, uh, the only bad thing about winning the presidency is that I did not have the time to go through a long but winning trial on Trump U. Too bad. 
What? Just like what? Like how? Like how terrible are you? Of like, oh, uh, like I can't even express how I feel reading these tweets. This is literally our president. I mean, it's just wild that, like, our president-elect created a bullshit university. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a thing that actually happened oh, yeah. in the real world. Oh, yeah. And we elected him. Like, we knew full well, and he literally settled a fraud case, and he's still our president. It is mind-blowing. Um, okay, so while that was happening, uh, another thing was happening out in the world. Uh, apparently... Um, Okay, so there's there's been reports that Trump is using this next story as a uh, as a way to hide this twenty five million dollar uh, settlement, which is so we had Mike Pence attend uh, a performance of Hamilton, the hit musical mm-hmm. Hamilton, and while Mike Pence walked into the theater, he was booed and cheered, uh, but the boos mostly won out. And there's a video of it; it's quite um, quite the scene. I mean, it's. It's a crazy video when you think about it. Like, this is literally our vice president walking in and he's being booed by the entire theater. Um, And then at the very end of the performance, he stayed through the entire thing. Um, Brandon Dixon, who plays Aaron Burr in the musical, had a message for uh, Mike Pence. And I have the whole thing, but I'll paraphrase. uh, He pretty much says... Sir, we are the Diverse America. The musical you just saw, We Are the Diverse America, and we hope that your administration protects us because we're very anxious by the things your campaign has said on the campaign trail. Um, Pence walks out. It becomes a huge ordeal on social media. Trump demands the Hamilton cast apologizes. (laughs) All right, so let's dive deep into this. Oh, you're forgetting a really important detail in which Trump says that the theater needs to be a safe space for everyone. (laughs) So Trump is now demanding safe spaces. Yes, yes, he is. Um, Okay, this is... But also Pence responded by saying he doesn't feel like he needed... There needs to be an apology. Right, Pence said that the booze were the sound of freedom. Which was, it's a great quote. I'll give him that. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, that's that's a solid quote. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get into this. I have a lot of mixed emotions about this and a lot of feelings here. Um, so Stanley, real quick, the booing. Do you agree with the booing? Should they have booed our vice president elect? Probably. Pro- oh, <laughs> no, I don't care. <laughs> it's not like it's, a, it's not like. That's going to do anything to... Right. But do, do you think it's sort of impolite and sort of lax class that people sort of ganged up on somebody and were booing him just because he won and they didn't? Uh... Or do you think <laughs> what he represents is far, you yeah, know, more far, so radical that yeah. he deserves a boo? Yeah, I agree okay. with that latter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, Olivia? I mean... I loved every part of it. <laughs> like, I loved the fact that there were booze. I loved the fact that there were standing O's after one of the lines in the song says, immigrants, we get the job done. And they yes. had like a standing O after that line. Yes. I love the fact that um, the guy who plays King George and was talking about how, you know, like he was governing these people who basically hated him. Um, he was singing directly at Mike Pence. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, it's pretty intense. Apparently, Mike Pence um, enjoyed the, the performance. Man who plays, by the way, yeah, and the man who plays Hamilton, um, 
right now is an openly gay, HIV positive, mm-hmm. um, uh, Latin American actor. Right. And like Pence has suggested, you know, um, taking funds from HIV and AIDS research and mm-hmm. um, throwing that money into funding for conversion therapy. Right, which right is basically yeah. Gay abuse. conversion. Yes. So, like, there's a lot of, like, I think really subversive, amazing, like, Things have you know, <laughs> kind of right I'm, commentary that went on in that one night just by Pence I mean, being there. So I'll tell you this: I, when I saw it, I was like, it gave me life. Like I've been like I'd been having a shitty day, and I saw that, and I was like, oh my god, I love it. This is amazing. It was like, my favorite part of the day. It felt I was like, this so is the best. good. It felt so good. Now, uh, should there have been as much booing? I don't know. I almost okay. So here's my take on it. Mm-hmm. I. I'll accept the booing. I thought it was great. Maybe not the classiest thing that could have happened, but um, I do not take away from the performance at all. I think them doing that performance and them having that message is totally their right. Um, Just like Mike Pence has a total right to his crazy views, um, so does the cast to address him. And I think the cast addressing him was needed and also, uh, they have this platform, and you can't take that away from them. And if they have this platform to literally talk to the second most powerful man in the world, uh, take it. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to be mad that you took it. Like, so I say do it, especially, especially when Trump's campaign uh, is literally stands for everything that Hamilton isn't, which is kind of hilarious that Mike Pence would even go to a Hamilton show yeah. because it's like, that's not, you know, that's not really. I mean, your I'm thing. glad he was trying to get him some culture. Like, I'm glad that was <laughs> happening. Yes. Um, and I think that, again, I thought that there was some really smart and really subversive kind of commentary that was happening that night, mm-hmm. um, apart from the booing. Right. Um, I think kind of the cheering at statements that go against Pence's beliefs mm-hmm. in like that are just directly baked into the play. I feel like mm-hmm. singing certain things directly at Pence, like there was a lot of subversive <laughs> things, and then they went over it at the end um, and, you know talked about their own anxieties and how they hope that Pence will represent all of them. Right. And just to know that he's come to a play to watch a diverse America and the, everyone here is concerned about him. Right. Like you are the elephant in the room. We're going to talk to you. Right. Well, you know, more power to them. I don't think they need to apologize at all. Brandon Dixon is gone on Good Morning America, and he said, I don't think we need to apologize. You came for a conversation. We gave you one, uh, <laughs> which I think is great. I mean, I'm sorry. If Donald Trump doesn't get to apologize for half the shit he said, like, he doesn't get to apologize for anything he says. I'm sorry. Hamil- like, the Hamilton cast does not get to apologize. They get exactly. to keep this one. Sorry, dude. The fact that he was like, the theater needs to be a safe space. Like, the fact that... Who gave him Who gave him back his Twitter login? Like, yeah, who Jesus decided Christ, yes. that he needed his Twitter back? Because well, he did it. He's literally president. He was like, give me back my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to give it to him. He's literally president-elect. I mean, what in the world? I feel like at some point, Ivanka had to be like, dad, no. Like, dad, stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel, feel like, like if Ivanka, anyone could rein him in, it's probably her. I feel like she's like half like excited that her dad is resident, but also half like mortified because I feel like there's some good in her. You know yeah, what I mean? Definitely. <laughs> she's like, she's like, oh my god, why did this happen? But also, 
this is kind of awesome and I get a platform. But also, this is kind of fucking horrible. So, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people in Trump's family sort of feel that I want to believe that she, like, because of the Trump blood, she was just kind of like, I can't, you know, like, family blood is thicker than Like, that kind of mafia mentality. Uh-huh. I want to believe that that's the only reason she was doing half the bullshit I mean, she was probably. doing. It's gotta be. Yeah. It's gotta be. Because, I mean, she's she was literally best friends with Chelsea. I mean, what does that tell you? Uh, okay, so speaking of Trump children, um, one thing I want to touch on before we sort of move on to the next part of our show is, um, so uh, another thing that a lot of people were claiming Trump was sort of diverting attention from using this uh, uh, Hamilton thing was uh, all the conflicts of interest that are arising now that he is president. Boy. Whoa, there's a lot. One of them... Um, is close to home, which is his children. His children are now going to run the Trump enterprise. That is very problematic because one, it is not a blind trust. And two, there's a lot of conflict of interest with, you know, having literally the most powerful man in the world mm-hmm. uh, be <laughs> able to favor, like give you favorable conditions for his company yeah. run by his children. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that we live in a world where we have to like check him on the conflict of interest. Like we, sh- okay, whatever. That's another conversation. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's blowing my mind on top of that. Um, and y'all stop me when there's another one you want to mention, but on top of that, uh, a lot of foreign leaders have been booking Trump hotel rooms in an effort to quote unquote bribe Trump or get favorable, um, sort of, uh, uh, uh favorable uh, leanings from Trump's administration. And um, also, apparently, there's some more stuff with Ivanka, right, Olivia? Yeah, so apparently there was a um, meeting with kind of uh, Japanese officials, and Ivanka was in those meetings. Mm -hmm. For what reason, no one knows, but um, everybody, it was kind of sussed out that Trump's company had interests and investments in Japan. Mm -hmm. And so Ivanka being at these meetings, especially when the Trump children are kind of uh, going to be taking over the family biz. Mm -hmm. um, So there's all sorts of problems. Just erware. Yeah. It's that. That what? Yeah. Uh, Okay. Here's the deal with this. Um, This is bad. And, the sad thing is now that he's president, I feel like a lot of people are going to let him get away with some of this, which is very, very sad. And if he's going to blockade the press the way he's doing, um, there's going to be a lot of things that happen that we just will never know about unless there's some sort of like Watergate scandal or something that, you know, for, you know, brings a lot of this to light. I think there's just going to be something fishy going on this entire this entire four years that he's president. Um, and that's, I mean, that's depressing. There's literally nothing we can do about it. I mean, hopefully we'll have a whistleblower <laughs> in the Trump administration. Like <laughs> That'd be cool. It's sad that that's like the best thing I'm hoping for, but that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for um, a Mr. Robot type situation where someone just like hacks him and just releases everything. That would be amazing. So whoever... Rami Malek's character is, is based off of yeah. <laughs> in Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. 
We need you like yesterday. Yeah, where <laughs> you should have hacked him before. Wait, did you see that an uh, not anonymous anonymous released the video? Uh, you know, towards Trump, like for Trump. Oh God! Whoa! What did they what say? Pretty much. Okay, so I saw the video. It's very creepy, of course. Um, and pretty much what they said was, uh, Donald Trump, you have a ch- like you're president now. That's fine, but. You have to make right with your citizens. And also, you have to make sure you end all wars. Um, and you have to make sure the whole world ends all wars. And if you don't, you're going to face the full force of Anonymous. Um, so I that's I don't know where that's going to lead, but um, it was kind of awesome watching. I was like, this is some real Mr. Robot shit yeah. in real <laughs> life right now. And I'm glad I'm seeing it. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's... What is our world in 2016? This is the worst year. (laughs) Worst timeline. I know. Literally, this has been a horrible, horrible year. Um, Except for Lemonade. Except for Lemonade. Uh, Well, okay, so here's the thing. There's been a lot of great music in 2016. Great year for music. Horrible year for literally everything else. Which is kind of funny because through pain, like you get great art through pain. You know, so that's why we're having such amazing. We're gonna music. have a lot of great fucking art in 2017, Hello? you guys. Hello? Did you cut out? Like as much as as much great art as there was <laughs> this Olivia, year. Olivia, you cut out for a split second. Yeah. What'd you say? Oh, did I cut out? No, it's okay. You're back. Yeah, you're back. What, what'd you say? I said we're gonna have a lot of great fucking art in 2017. Right? Like, yes, as much yeah, great art oh as God. there was in 2016. We're gonna have like, amazing like music, amazing movies, amazing short stories. It's gonna be great. These next four years, are, it's gonna be like a renaissance in art. So you know what? Make- it's gonna be great for art, <laughs> terrible for our <laughs> lives. Yes, terrible, <laughs> terrible for our lives. Okay. With that sad note, uh, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about um, fake Facebook news. It's a very hot topic right now. And also uh, a brand new trailer from Pixar, Cars 3. Yep. And um, a quick little uh, mention of Pokemon Sun and Moon. All right. Okay, we are back. Um, let's talk about another sort of hot topic. It's uh, political too, but al- but also sort of different. Um, there's been a lot of um, news about Facebook and Google and Twitter um, producing or not producing, but sort of putting fake news in a lot of people's feeds and um, online uh, pages. This is uh, particularly interesting in. Um, in light of the election, because a lot of people feel that a lot of fake stories uh, through Facebook sort of affected the results of the election a little bit. Um, And it's become sort of a big problem. Facebook has not acknowledged it for, they didn't acknowledge it for a while. They finally came out and said, hey, we're going to do something about it. Google has also said that they're going to do something about it. Um, Let's get into the things that Facebook says they're going to do to improve um, false news or to sort of remove false news from people's feeds. But these false news aren't created by them, right? It's just like- no. So, okay. So yeah, before I even get into that, what is this false news? What's happening is a lot of these, um, fake companies are creating fake news stories. So stuff like, 
uh, Trump won the popular vote or Hillary did this or, you know, Hillary, blah, blah, blah. And what they're doing is, I mean, some of them look very convincing. They look just like news organizations. Uh, They use Photoshop very well and they can Photoshop pictures to look like anything. And they are being presented as real news. And what happens is one person will share it and a lot of people will will share it. And next thing you know, the Facebook algorithm will think of it as a news item and start just posting it on everyone's uh, feed. This is very alarming because if someone shares a fake piece of news and it starts going everywhere and you don't know, like if you're not savvy enough to know the difference between CNN and, you know, CNT or whatever, you know, next thing you know, you're believing this crazy story that has no real truth behind it. That's interesting. Uh, it's it's very scary because you know it can do things like yeah. affect the results of an election. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Facebook uh, they've been getting a lot of heat because people are like, "Yo, Zuckerberg, like, what are you gonna do? This is bad. Like, come on, dude, fix this." Um, and he sort of did, at first it seemed like he didn't really think it was as a big deal. He even said he doesn't think it affected the election at all. Um, I think a lot of people were upset by that. Um, Facebook has come around. Here are the things they say they're going to do to prevent uh, fake news. So they say that they're going to improve their detection. I don't know how. They're going to use some fancy algorithm probably. Um, Stuff reasons. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to make it easier for users to report false news. So that's actually, I think, a great move because if you had no way of flagging that post or reporting it as fake news, it would just keep getting shared. Yeah. Um, third party verification, which is, can, uh, which is great. Um, but also could be sort of, uh, um, loopholed or whatever, right. but it's still a, a good starting place. Uh, labeling stories as false. This is kind of interesting. So they'd still have the story up there, but they would write false next to it. I'm not entirely sure what that would be. Um, they, okay. So this one, number five, this one's very weird. Um, they're going to ensure, quote-unquote, quality news is in the news feed. This is a little weird uh, because that means someone's going to have to say, this is what gets to go on your news. Yeah. Um, and Facebook already got in a little bit of trouble uh, for this. Yeah, I feel like that's a really kind of yeah. subjective, subjective yeah. Right. benchmark. And they got in trouble for this uh, earlier this year when people thought, uh, or when it was found out that they were sharing liberal news instead of conservative conservative news. Um, they're going to start cracking down on ads with misinformation, uh, which is always good. And uh, so this one's probably the most important one. Uh, they're going to work with journalists to develop better fact-checking systems. Um, this is big. Uh, out of all of them, this is big because I think Facebook had this sort of relationship with journalists where they sort of felt um, they could just post whatever to whoever's feed and there was really no relationship between the journalist and Facebook, you know? Mm-hmm. But now it's like Facebook saying, hey, let's we want to work with you and we can sort of, you know, fact check things. We can actually make sure that what we're sharing is legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think this is an important step. Uh, it's kind of a little too late. I feel like it's definitely a little too late, especially with the result of this election. Um, how do you yeah, guys... I feel like I, I feel like the flagging systems are too little too late mm-hmm. um i guess like my my question to you guys would be like what is the responsibility of our social media to make sure that, that 
yeah. the news that's being shared by people Are, on the network is accurate. Yeah. Right. I, it, or is sourced accurately or is from like a credible news source. Like what, what is their responsibility there? Like, I think that's a really interest. like, well, so this whole thing is really interesting and, and like, I'm all for fact checking and I'm right. all for having like ways to flag things as fake Right. Well, so my thing is, I feel like Facebook, um, they, I mean, they are a behemoth. They are a giant company. They are up there with your Googles and your Apples. Yes, they don't make hardware, but as an everyday tech, tech company, that means a lot to people. They are. Yeah. So like, what's their social responsibility? What is their social responsibility? And I feel like a lot of the times they're acting like that small startup that they were, because a lot of the times they're like, oh, it's just, it's social media. It'll sort itself out. Or we want to let the user sort it out. But at what point do you say, hey, Facebook, you're beyond that. Like you literally have to make sure the proper news is spread to these people. Um, I think we're there. I think it's a, they have a huge responsibility to their users to do this. Um, I don't know if I necessarily see them as journalists, uh, which is why I am very hopeful for that last sort of item in their to-do list, which is to work with journalists. Um, but it's definitely, I don't know, Stanley, how do you feel? Do you think it is Facebook's job to make sure you're getting accurate news? Or do you think it's your job to make sure, you know, as a person who uses yeah. the internet, to make sure what you're reading is accurate? Um, where, or like, what is their social responsibility? Where does like, that lie for you? <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to tell a story of, about, like, one time I read, like, an article from a friend's, from my Facebook wall, right? Mm -hmm. And then I read one in the comments that says, this was from two years ago. And I was like, oh, what? What is this? And then I checked the date. It's like, oh, crap, this isn't recent news. This is, like, from, yeah, from before. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay, so that means, like, I feel like from that and like, we should, uh, like, us as posters should take in some responsibility to actually check the dates and also mm -hmm. how reliable the news that we're sharing are reliable, but also f agree that Facebook should create a system that allows right. yeah, non-false right. news to be shared. Well, and maybe, and maybe there's off, like, you know? I, I don't know what this would look like, but maybe there's a balance. Maybe it's like Facebook yeah. makes it easier to tell if something's fake. Like maybe they make sure the date is highlighted uh, in a like prominent place or maybe they make sure mm -hmm. to say sponsored by the uh by the ad or the post or or something like there's got to be different ways of making sure that it's like like sort of like uh youtube does like whenever there's a commercial or a sponsored video they make sure to say sponsored at the beginning or mm -hmm. or have some sort of way of telling the difference between what is actual content and what is uh fake or or an ad or whatever yeah. um but also, at this, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I still think Facebook has to take responsibility because people are dumb. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> I, yeah. It's I hate like, to dumb. say it, but people are dumb. I'm dumb. We're all dumb. People are dumb. And there are stories that we read. We never read the entire story. Yeah. We demonize people without knowing what, they, like, like, actually reading everything things, that yeah. they said. We never read the entire thing. It's like Reddit. You read the title, but never yes, the article. Exactly. You read these headlines and, you know... <laughs> So, like, there has to be uh, some way. I mean, especially with clickbaity headlines right. nowadays. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there has to be uh, some responsibility from Facebook and, and Google and whoever that, you know, they have to say, hey, um, let's make sure 
that our users are getting the most accurate information. Um, So this is especially interesting for a company like Google, who is making hardware now and is trying to not necessarily move away from their software, but trying to become more of a bigger company. Um, A company's number one goal is to make money. And if these false stories are making money for people, Mm -hmm. that's where the danger lies. And that's where I'm scared. Um, So Google said they're not going to do it, but you never know. In 10 years, you know, leadership changes might happen or certain like shady things might occur. Um, So it's kind of scary that we're entrusting our whole lives to these companies, Facebook, Google, Apple, and they have so much control over us, Mm -hmm. uh, literally influencing election. Um, All right. So before we move from this topic real quick, do you think it influenced this election? Do you think fake news stories actually had a role in this election? I don't think so. You don't think so? Yeah. You think people were smart enough? Or, yeah, people who actually use Facebook mm-hmm. are usually those who are tech savvy and know whether... Not always, yeah. man. No, not know. always. Not There's always. such a large <laughs> portion of people yeah. who aren't tech savvy who've mm-hmm. learned to use Facebook. Uh-huh. Like, there's just... A large number of older generations yeah. who, mm-hmm. like, let's face it, like, we're, a lot of us are digital natives. These people are digital immigrants. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't know tech the way we know tech, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a majority, like, I think I read a study the other day that said a majority of people get their news through social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, Facebook definitely has like a level of social responsibility here, mm-hmm. um, even though they are social media. Um, because a majority of their people are getting their news through their Facebook tickers yeah. and their news feed. Like, right. No, that that's, that's is not point. only like a troubling thing, but it also means like the proliferation of fake news is Greater. all the more prominent yes. because of it. Right. Right. It's, it, yeah. No, go ahead, Stanley. No, it's funny because like years, like a couple years ago, I would get my news from actual like like for, for movie news, I would go to entertainment websites to mm-hmm. get them. But then like in these past couple like months or mm-hmm. this past year and last year. I would get most of my news off Facebook now. Gotcha. Because I'm on on it more frequently than mm-hmm. other websites. Right. No, yeah. and I definitely And that's the thing. You can you can definitely follow legitimate news sources on Facebook, but the same goes with illegitimate yeah. news sources as well. Right. Totally. Right. And that's where we got to be careful. Now, um I definitely think, I think the problem comes in like the suggested articles after you click on one of the articles. Because, like, I'll click on a Washington Post or yeah. a New York Times article and, see, like, and then, like, five suggested articles underneath. And it's like, I've never heard of, like, half of these websites. Oh. Right. <laughs> right. But and you're smart enough to know, hey, these are probably fake. But someone might not, you know, someone may not just have that in their head. Mm-hmm. That's there the scary There are a lot part. of people who just, you know, like, take the Internet's word for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Which is a little, which is Funny. a lot of bit troubling. Yeah. Right. I definitely think it played a role in this election. Maybe not as major as we're making it out to be, but it definitely played a role because um, people's minds are already made up, and they use Facebook to affirm yeah. their, you know, their what beliefs. I mean, we talked about the echo chamber; it goes both ways. Um, but it definitely, definitely had an effect. And I can tell you, I have a lot of stories of people who I respect and know who got fake news off Facebook and actually believed it. Um, So it's definitely a very scary, troubling thing. So Facebook, um, 
I'll say thank you for releasing your list of what you're going to do. I hope it's a little too late, but uh, I hope that you actually, you know, cut down in that false news and that fake news and can make a positive change because four years is a long time. And I want to make sure that by the next time we're ready to go, we're there. Like we have accurate news on our social media. Okay. Stanley, take it away. We're moving on. We're going to move on to happier topics. We've been talking. Oh, no. yeah. Well, well, well yeah, that. maybe not. Well, weirder topics. <laughs> yes, Most yes. definitely. Yes. Well, um, today Pixar dropped a teaser trailer for Cars mm-hmm. 3. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then yeah. I was like, a Cars yep. 3. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, why? Why is that franchise is that still a thing, a thing well, you give, guys? Okay, well, yeah. Interesting enough, that franchise is one of their most yeah. like successful franchises because of, of all merchandise. time. Because of merchandise, which blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> right, because it's definitely not their best. Like yeah. neither of those movies. Those are that movies great. are not good. Yeah. But I will say, the Disney World ride, Cars. Oh, yeah, that that's, that's fun. Fucking legit. That might be the best fucking ride in all of <laughs> Disney World. It's amazing. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but now back to the trailer. But um, back to the trailer. It. Go for wow, it. I don't know. It looked great. Okay. It looked great. Like dark. Uh-huh. Gr- gripping. Gripping. Gritty. Gritty. Realistic. It looks like the animation improved like so much more. Oh yeah. The animation looks amazing. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't look cartoony. No. Like, like at first you might think that it's like a live action movie. It's hi- it's yeah. super hyper realistic, yeah. which I feel like is a trend now. Mm-hmm. If you did not see that Pixar logo at the beginning and you had no idea yeah. it was a car trailer, you'd think it's a car movie, like yeah. it's a NASCAR thing or yeah. something. Uh, but then you see the silhouette of Lightning McQueen and yeah. you're like, oh, oh shit. And then and you the see this breaks. like, yeah, the break. Well, then you see this like evil car, like going oh, yeah. through all the cards and then like, causes an accident it causes an accident and you're like what in the world is happening lightning mcqueen gets wrecked y'all i mean destroyed i mean he is flipping and then uh, what does the text say it's like nothing will be the same i was like what is happening with the cars universe i was like that's a good tagline to get people i feel like this is for the next do you think this is like I, Pixar going like we're not fucking around this time Cars <laughs> is gonna be good now Cars 3 we're sorry for Cars 2 you guys this is this is gonna be the gritty Marvel crossover with oh, the aliens oh, this shit. is it <laughs> No, this is what we're like. It's hilarious. It did look like a gritty Marvel movie for a second. Yeah. I was like, "Oh my god! Like, what is happening?" Yeah. I'm into I was it. Like, y'all. y'all are taking a note from DC. Like, what <laughs> exactly. is it? Like, why is it like this? I'm like, this is not for kids. Like, this is yeah. for us, man. This I'm will leave kids crying probably. I'm into it, man. I'm into it. I say more power to Pixar. I want more movies like that. I want Toy Story. Yeah, I mean, five Pixar's or whatever been, to be like that. Pixar's been taking like a darker turn, like oh, yeah. Yeah. the last. Last Toy Story movie when they're all literally about to be incinerated. Oh, shit. Like, what the hell? Yes. It's rated G. Spoilers. It was still rated G. I know. That's that fucking movie wrecked me, dude. And then, like, all the theories, they were like, oh, they actually died, and this is all a dream, <laughs> like, before they get incinerated. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm all for dark Pixar. Yeah. Like, that's the Pixar I want, so I'm ready. So, Pixar, give I it mean, to me. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm game, but oh my, like, <laughs> like what was I'm just that? really hoping it's something really ridiculous. Uh, I mean, I hope they don't screw this. I hope they, like, they keep it up because they yeah. might just, yeah. this might just but be I a show. I feel like Disney's been going in that kind of, like, 
we want to make it dark but also fun like the beauty and the beat the live action trailer Ooh. i was like all right we're just true. gonna make everything real dark true like <laughs> beauty, true. The, the animated movie itself was dark from the get-go yes. uh, the story itself is dark yeah. and now yeah, yeah no i'm excited i'm excited for uh pixar's new turn like i want marvel to get more playful and pixar to pick up the dark Marvel's still playful, I think. Yeah. Marvel's pretty playful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe, uh, well, the TV Strange shows, was, the was TV playful. shows are a little... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the TV shows are gritty. They're yeah. different. Yeah, they're different, they're, though. They're different. They're, they're like the stepchildren. Like, they're apart from yeah, Marvel. Yeah, the weird stepchildren. Yeah. Yeah, but the TV shows are so much yeah, better than the Marvel movies. Better. They are. Although... They are so much better. I just saw Doctor Stranger Things. Doctor Stranger Things. Doctor Stranger Things? That's what I'm calling it. No, it's Doctor Strange. Um... Not that bad. I'm yeah, gonna be I real. Liked it. I'm gonna be real. Not yeah. that bad. It's pretty fun. Apparently, Oscar Isaac was in the running to be Doctor Strange, and I will never forgive them for Damn. that casting choice. Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I'll t- like, I mean, but Benedict Cumberbatch they, does a really good why job. Why did they cast Benedict Cucumber? Like, <laughs> I could... well, Benedict Cucumber did a great job. I'll say that. Yeah. And also, he... he's a good he's a good actor, but like, yes, Oscar Isaac though. Yeah. I know Oscar <laughs> Isaac's amazing, but also. Benedict uh, Cumberpickle, whatever his name. <laughs> like, he just did really well. Um, and also, like, I believed his character. Like, yeah. I, he was probably the best thing of the entire movie. Like, that was... I mean, I'm also... Yeah. I'm also, like, not down with the Tibetan erasure yeah. that's happening. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, like... We'll need I to talk about that for another episode. We definitely need to I talk about that. I might see it through, like... A, I might see it through less than legal means, but I'm not going to go pay to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So- I am not down with erasure. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about, um, I'm going to give Edgar, let's have Edgar's gaming corner real quick. And I'm going to talk okay. about, uh, before we end the show, I'm going to talk about a little video game that just came out. Um, Pokemon Sun and Moon. Just, oh yeah, how's your time on the island been? Just, <laughs> it's been great. So Pokemon Sun and Moon just released, and it has quickly become Nintendo's number one selling or number one pre-selling video game of all time. Hmm. Uh, so more people pre uh, pre bought this game than any other uh, Nintendo video game ever. That's saying a lot because this is coming from Nintendo creators of Mario, Zelda, like not just your average games. Like these are top tier games. Um, so that was pretty freaking awesome in a in a month, in a year of sad news. It was great that we got some like lighthearted Pokemon stuff. 2016 may be a terrible year, but it's also the 20th anniversary of Pokemon. So it's bringing up a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions. And I was ready. 20th to... anniversary of Space Jam was the uh, other day. I know, yeah. guys. I we just, missed the tra- screening. I know, but I just bought a Space Jam t-shirt. A special 20th anniversary Space Jam t-shirt. That's all I'm saying. Of course you it. did. <laughs> it was expensive, but I had to do it. <laughs> but Okay, so moving on. <laughs> Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, real quick review. If you're a gamer and you have a DS, there's no way you're not getting this game. Just fucking get it. It is everything you want it to be. It is um, Pokemon re-envisioned for the modern day a lot of these like pokemon y x uh, omega ruby whatever all these other games uh sort of try to do all these new things in that old format but this is the first one that's like hey what if we actually did new things like what if we actually tried a different approach to a pokemon game um so that has been a lot of fun and it's definitely taken my mind off uh 
all the crazy things happening in the world. Uh, so if you need to sort of escape uh, the real world, uh, pick up Pokemon Sun and Moon. It is a ton of fun. Um, and Olivia, I hope you get a 2DS or a 3DS and you get this game because I want a Poke Battle with you. So get going on that, please. Uh, Stanley, you, you don't even care uh, for Pokemon, so it doesn't matter. I have you. a classic DS, <laughs> so I need an upgrade. Yeah. I Well, now's the time to upgrade. It's almost Black Friday, so yeah. gonna, you can buy yourself a DS. Um, all right, so uh, that and, was my... And Olivia... Uh-huh. What's oh, been... Wait, wait. Oh, wait, what? No, no, you go first. You go first. You go for it. I was just going to ask Edgar what his favorite part of Sun and Moon has been, because mine have definitely been, like, all of the ridiculous redesigns. Oh, the, like, oh yeah, the Alolan versions of the Pokemon yes. are hilarious, and they're amazing. They're so funny. But I definitely think my favorite thing has been the Pokedex descriptions of the Pokemon. So uh, every Pokemon game is notorious for having, like, really dark descriptions of these Pokemon. And one of them, I forget the name of this Pokemon, but it's, like, a water spider. And it has like a water bubble on its head. And the description is this spider headbutts its opponents until they drown. What? <laughs> and I'm like, what, what the fuck? This is in a Pokemon game? And then there's this other Pokemon. It's like a sandcastle Pokemon. And it's like this Pokemon feeds off the souls of dead uh, of the dead children who made it or stuff like that. And I'm like, what the fuck? Oh so uh, I, I always love that stuff. But just in general... I love uh, just the the fun atmosphere of the game. It's like definitely needed after such a horrible, horrible year, at least for me. Uh, mm-hmm. No. OK, so real quick, this is the episode before Thanksgiving. Um, so and Olivia's back. Let's uh, and we've had all this depressing talk. But before we go, um, what are some things you're thankful oh for God. this year? This? <laughs> this has been a crazy year. Uh, so real quick, what? Give us some happy news. What is the one thing you're thankful for, Stanley? Course, you me? first. Yeah. I'll be funny and say a non-serious answer. I'm thankful for Arrival and uh, <laughs> Handmaiden. <laughs> some great released. movies. Yeah, some great, great movies. movies. Everyone, watch Arrival. Listen yeah. to our review last week because that is a great, yeah. great movie. And watch it like a hundred times. After. Definitely, yeah. definitely. So. Olivia. <laughs> I'm thankful for the podcast. Oh, I, I should have said that. I guess. <laughs> I'm thankful for our friendship. I win. Everybody yeah. else go home. Yeah, seriously. Queen of Thanksgiving. Seriously. Uh, <laughs> I'm thankful for, um, I'm, th- I'm going to steal Olivia's a little bit. I'm thankful for the podcast. It's definitely been a lot of fun to have a place to voice my opinion mm-hmm. and sort of, uh, get it all out there. It's like a de-stressing tool. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, in a less serious note, and we already sort of touched on this, I host another podcast, The Crab Podcast. It's about music, uh, specifically hip-hop, but all sorts of music, too. Uh, but one thing that we always talk about in that podcast, even though it's been a hard year, uh, the music that's come out this year has been so, so incredible. Uh, so so I'm, good. So I am very thankful for um, all the artists who've released just these amazing, wonderful records to Beyonce to um uh, i mean uh, i i could go on and name a bunch of names the point is i'm very thankful for the great 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 music that we've had this year because it's really honestly gotten me through a lot of these tough tough times and uh it's the year's not over we're gonna get some more awesome music so check out that podcast crap podcast if you want to listen to any reviews on the music coming out 
Um, all right, y'all. That's been our episode. Olivia, I am so happy you're back. Glad you're back. I am so happy to be back. I missed you guys. <laughs> I missed you so much. And um, yeah, let's. Even though we talked every day. <laughs> Even though we talk all the time and every day. But Not me. Oh, <laughs> we exclude Stanley from this conversation. No, uh, but. I miss you so much, Stanley. I miss you what too. I want to say is uh, now that you're back, now that the whole gang's back together, um, we're going to work on getting our listeners up and, and sort of getting this podcast out there. But also, since Trump has been elected, it sort of lit a fire under my ass. And I want to say I want to use this podcast to reach more people, uh, spread our message and, you know, just fight the good fight. And I hope that we can do that using this podcast. Preach. Mm-hmm. Yep. All righty. That's been our episode. We will talk to you next time. Follow us on Twitter. We're at minority pod we literally have like no followers because we have not been pushing it but Uh y'all we're gonna start (laughs) pushing terrible at self-promotion we're gonna start pushing it we're gonna start pushing our facebook uh we're gonna just we're gonna start working on it um it's definitely the tail end of the year so things might slow down but uh come january we're gonna do it all right y'all we'll talk to you next time bye